Hello, everybody. This is an episode of that podcast that you listened to. We just wanted to do a quick trigger warning at the beginning that in the second half of this episode, so after the ad break, um, we will be talking about self-harm um, and we, you know, freely and openly. So if you don't want to hear that, then uh, listen up to the ad break. Listen to the ad because it's amazing. Um, and then we'll see you next week. But if not, then we'll see you in the second yeah, half of the Leroy episode. Jenkins. Yeah. Thanks for being here, everybody. Yeah. I don't have an exact time stamp yet because we haven't edited, we haven't edited the podcast yet. But it's about it's about 16 minutes in. But yeah, you'll hear you'll hear it in the, after the ad break. Anyways, now to the episode. <laughs> Transition. Oh, yeah. Ah, I got it in. Hi, Katie. Hi. How's it going? Not so good. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry about your foot. It's okay. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome back to... Well, okay, I'll do it in a different order. But so sorry we didn't do an episode on Tuesday, but we were camping for Eric's birthday. Yeah, camping time. Hooray. Uh, and then I sprained my ankle quite, quite, quite badly. Yeah, well, it, well that was kind of in a different order because it was like we... We got Went out of the go car camping. and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> I sprained my ankle and then we still came. And then we went camping. <laughs> and then we went camping. I'm sorry. You the did car great, wasn't even unloaded uh, by the time I managed to sprain my ankle. So that was like fun. I was, I mean, I'm not glad you sprained your ankle. Like, I'm really, I'm sorry you did. Obviously, I'm not glad you sprained your ankle. Yeah. But it was easier for you to stay like recumbent and not yeah. do a bunch of stuff while you were there because you like couldn't move around so great which again I'm, I'm not glad you sprained your ankle no it was but like, like it was like that kind of like forced rest you know yeah, exactly. like i was like i wasn't like the hammock was i was that was that was good times that was good times oh man i set it up in the back by the way i went to the hammock earlier today there was birds going tweedly deet and stuff oh trees were they all that mad about it Tweedly deet. <laughs> they were like Tweedly deet. Oh fuck this fucking guy he set up a hammock. Now we got to sit here and perform for him like we're fucking <laughs> Tweedly deet. Fucko. That's what they said. <laughs> I have a bird Hi everybody, it's phone. me, Katie. <laughs> I siloed. It's me, hey, good. And welcome back to Infinite, Infinite Quest. Infinite Quest. Yeah, give me, give me, a, give me an. We're in a spooky crime show now. A spooky crime show? I thought we were in a cool barbershop quartet. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was God was God's what I was going for, but I've been out of music school for like 10 years, so That's I forgot okay. how to do everything. That's okay. So I'm sorry, you in a lot of pain these I days, Bubs? I am in... Yeah, I was going to downplay it, but no, I really hurt. But that's what I wanted to talk about today. Haha, seamless transition. Segway. Transition. We haven't done that in we so long. We haven't done that in so long. Well, I guess we can now because we do mid-roll ads. We used to not do mid-roll ads. Now we do mid-roll ads. Segway. Now, see, transition is better. Yes, transition is better. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I have been thinking a lot about ADHD and pain lately because ADHD and pain is a really interesting topic that I actually know a lot about. Um, for those of you who don't know, aside from having a dumb sprained ankle, um, I also live with a condition called dystonia, which means that it's a very expensive word for saying sometimes I twitch that's basically what happens uh, pretty much um, but because of that I deal with a lot of chronic pain um, and so when I first got my ADHD diagnosis 
I was I was really interested to find out that a lot of people with ADHD live with chronic pain um, for various reasons. It's not like dystonia is actually kind of a rare one. Um, but a lot of people with ADHD uh, have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS. Um, I said that very wrong, but you it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll cut out that okay. first one. We'll do a second one. Okay. I'm not going to cut out the first one. A lot of people with ADHD also have EDS, which you can look up the pronunciation of <laughs> on Google. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. Um, no, like, and so, like, a lot of people with ADHD deal with, like, joint issues and, like, over-flexibility and that kind of thing. Um, and also, uh, pain becomes really interesting when we talk about hyperfixation. Um, haha, surprise, this is going to be an educational episode. Y'all thought this was going to be another bullshit one. But here we go with the wisdom education. But no, so so because pain, like when the human body experiences pain, there's a lot of different things that happen. But one of them is that it makes you more distractible and it makes you more irritable and it makes you uh, more sort of like focused on just that experience. So you can imagine when you have ADHD and you're also dealing with chronic pain and then all of a sudden, say, you sprain your ankle or something, it becomes very, very hard to function. And a lot of people with ADHD will will sit there and they will judge themselves and they'll say, oh, well, I hurt my back. Like, why can't I write an email? Oh, I just punched the microphone. I just I punched my microphone at exactly the same time oh, you did. Oh, that was wild. That's cool. That was weird. Um, this is because we're we're just soul bonded. We are. Oh, wholesome. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of people with ADHD will be like, oh, I have a toothache or I have a backache. Why can't I do anything? And it's like, well, spoilers, your executive dysfunction absolutely collapses when you're in pain. And then you have ADHD. And so then you start hyper fixating on like the pain or like what it could be or whatever. And it becomes this really interesting, vicious cycle where we can sort of scientifically show that people with ADHD experience pain differently. Hmm. Yeah. What are uh, do you do you feel that since getting your ADHD diagnosis, you have a different relationship with your chronic pain than I do. One before? of the one of the big things for me was learning that people with ADHD tend to have a higher pain tolerance across the board. Um, and it is because, again, of that sort of distractibility element where if you're in pain, but then you get distracted and you're doing your emails or you're doing your chores or like whatever, you can tend to not think about it. Like your brain will sort of like dismiss it. And so a lot of people with ADHD, not everybody, some of them actually have a lot lower pain tolerance for the same reason. But many, many people with ADHD have a higher pain tolerance. And it's because of that sort of like cyclical attention of, well, I'm not thinking about it, but... The thing that sucks about that is that, say, you have a sprained ankle and you're supposed to stay off of it, but you're, you know, watching your TV show, you realize you have to go get a snack or whatever. You are likely to forget about that injury and then you step on it and then you make it worse and then you're in more pain. And so then it becomes like another one of those cycles. And so mm. it's really, really interesting how the ADHD brain sort of like interprets and deals with pain. Yeah. I, mean, I always found my my relationship with pain in that in that sort of way is sort of like... It's either, you know, when like in, in the old Looney Tunes cartoons, like a character would run off a cliff, but they didn't notice that they ran off a cliff. So they just kept running. Yeah. And then when they look down, yeah. they'll go, oh, and then they fall. Yeah. I feel like it's either that where I just forget that I'm in pain, mm -hmm. like for hours because I'm whatevering. I'm hyper focusing on Minecraft or something like that. Yeah. And then I'll just remember and go, oh, 
oh, that's right. Fuck. Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> no, that's exactly like, what God happens. Damn it. Well, and that's what happens with little kids, too, especially like little kids with ADHD will get injured all the time, like have like random cuts, random bruises, random like sort oh, yeah. of thing. So that was and it's kid, for that for sure. exact same thing is that, you know, they fall down on the playground. They go, oh, ow, that hurt. But then they go off and play with their friends and then they look down and they're like bleeding profusely. And it's like because like our brains just don't interpret those pain signals mm. the same way. It's not like the immediate focus. Yeah, there's that one. And then the other one for me, at least, is I'll either that where I'll like totally get distracted by their stuff and I just won't remember that I'm in pain, which is great in the moment, but also like not the point of pain. It's supposed to hurt so that you do something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's bullshit ass fucking bullshit chronic pain, in which case it's just being a dick. Um, <laughs> but uh, or like I will get keep keep getting distracted by the pain, like the fact that I, I can't because like, you know, if you're. You know, obviously, the point of pain is for your body to signal like, hey, something's wrong down here and I'm going to make it unpleasant until you do something about it. Um, but now in like modern day, it's like, OK, I get that my fucking leg is hurt. I'm aware I'll stay off of it. You can stop fucking hurting now. That's just not how our bodies work. Um, uh, I have a really hard time, like, convincing myself of that part where it's like, OK, my leg is hurt. It's going to hurt on with it now we're all like try to go about my normal life but the pain key is just because the pain isn't something that i can compartmentalize it's it's the same as all the other random shit that's going on that i have trouble sorting through because of executive dysfunction it's like all right i've got dishes and it's hot in here and why does it smell like toast and my foot hurts and i can't be like okay but dishes is the thing that's important so like no matter what i'm doing the pain will always just sort of sneak back in or i completely fucking forget about it it's 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 never one or the other or it's never both yeah. yeah well and it also there's i'm so interested in pain and adhd i'm sorry this is like one of my weird niche topics but there's also the time perception thing because oh. people with adhd scientifically they have tested it perceive time differently and so exactly what you were saying where it's like if you hurt your ankle it's very easy to be like well i have felt like this forever and i will continue to feel like this for forever when in reality it's like no you sprained your ankle you're gonna feel like this for like a week mm -hmm. um so there can be that element of like the timeline of pain can feel much longer than it actually is or it can feel a lot shorter than it is. And then you start like, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sprained my ankle like last week. I'm, I'm fine. And it's like, no, you sprained your ankle two days ago. You really need to keep staying off of it. And so that becomes part of the conversation as well. It's there's so much to it. Yeah. It was, I mean, it is amazing how whenever I think about, you know, I'm going to put my foot on, you now. you may put your foot Ow. on me. Um, when, oh, don't touch it. oh, sorry. I, put my, <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry. I just You're was like, literally doing I have a podcast. An arm now. <laughs> fucking ankle. I'm sorry, sweetie. God damn it. ADHD. Oh, man. But whenever I, I'm always fascinated, whenever I like explore a topic either in my brain or like through research of ADHD and blank, yeah. it always comes back to time, our relationship to time. Like, so, uh, like, for example, I broke my collarbone. Did you really? 14 years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can actually see it. There's a little... Oh. You can, well, you can feel it more than you can see it now, but actually, fun fact, broke my collarbone, and I was, you know, I was like 13 or 14, and uh, in my, like, privileged-ass white kid life, I was always like, you can be anything you want, like, all that stuff, which, you know, that's true. Like, I'm not knocking that, like, yes, if you are a child listening to this, you can be whatever you want. Fucking go for it, kid. Um, but when I broke my collarbone, it's, you can see it like I'm not symmetrical anymore. My one shoulder sticks out like a little bit further than the other one. 
Um, like you, if you measure it, you can see, it, but you can't just see it. But either way, I remember the doctor joked when I was like in the doctor place. Um, he joked that I could never be a model because that doctor was wrong. Have you seen yourself? No. <laughs> well, thanks, Bubs. But um, for those of you because... listening at home, Eric is very attractive. Thanks. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh yeah. Um. Because, you know, models don't just have to, like, look like models, but, you know, they get clothes made for them and stuff. And if one shoulder is a different length, it just it creates all sorts of problems in the modeling industry, apparently. So, anyways, that was the first time I was ever told in my life that I straight up could not be something. Like, that is off the table for you. Who knows if he was, like, right or not. But, like, you know, that was a weird moment where I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm aging. I am not immortal. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I was 13 or whatever, but... Anyways, I broke my collarbone and I still to this day will be like doing something and go be careful on your collarbone. You know, like <laughs> you, you just broke your collarbone, but not like an idle thought of like, you know, aha, silly me. I got into the habit of being cautious about my collarbone because I broke it. Like, I'll think it for like a minute. <laughs> like, you know, but, oh, because, well, I can't really do that because of my collarbone. You know? Like, dude, that was so long ago. Like you've jumped off of things since then. Like it is fine. <laughs> But anyways, it's 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 just amazing how it always comes back down to time because everything is intrinsically related to time because it has time is what is necessary for anything to occur. And so if your relationship to time is fucking weird, then your relationship to everything is fucking weird, including pain. Yeah. I also think like one of the things that I hear a lot from well, I'm gonna say myself first, because I hear it a lot from myself. Um, but also just from like a lot of people with ADHD is the the sort of like double-edged sword of like being in pain but then you're like you're only really like perceiving that pain part of the time and so then the imposter syndrome and the rejection sensitivity comes in and you're like oh well I must be faking because I'm not thinking about my ankle 100% of the time or mm. like oh I must be making it up or over exaggerating I must be being over dramatic which is something that a lot of neurodivergent people hear anyway a lot of neurodivergent people hear about things like sensory issues that they're just being overly sensitive or they're being over dramatic or they're exaggerating or whatever and so for a lot of people with ADHD there is also a I don't want to say that I don't want to say trauma because I, I, I want to give that word at like its appropriate weight. Um, but there is a lived experience to experiencing things like pain where a lot of times we will push through and we will we will push ourselves harder than we should because of that sort of internalized. They're just going to think I'm exaggerating or they're just going to think I'm making it up, especially for the people with ADHD who have a lower pain tolerance, you know? Hmm. I always, like, as a kid, I got injured a lot. Um, like, just, you know, ranging from small to big. But, like, I joked when we were camping and you hurt your foot that, like, I'm just surprised it wasn't me. Because <laughs> it was it was like a joke through my in my family that, like, whenever we went on vacation, Eric is going to the hospital. It's Sometimes it was, like, because I did a dumb thing. Sometimes it was like, it turns out I'm allergic to a certain type of tide or whatever that they used in a hotel or whatever. Um, <laughs> but so I was always like just getting vaguely injured. Um, also an ADHD thing. Also an ADHD thing, very much so. Um, and so part of, I think part of me, I, I mean, I'm way better about it now because I'm like an adult and I've been, you know, working on it for a decade plus or whatever. But when I was a kid, whenever I was hurt, it was usually my fault on yeah. some level. It was usually... I 
wasn't getting enough dopamine or stimulus out of a given situation that I was in. And you know what would really bump up the stimulus? Put the stick in my eye. (laughs) Well, sometimes, I mean, I suppose we'll get to that on the second half of the episode. But like, yeah, sometimes it was literally deliberately inflicting pain on myself such that I would just have some more stuff going on and wouldn't be bored. Um, But a lot of it was like just doing an an ill-advised thing. Like, I wonder if I could drop in off of that thing with my skateboard, even though I've never tried once and it's really tall, but there are people watching and it would make them laugh. And then I would like, it was just, yeah. you know, I mean, I was a class clown of, uh, in ways, which I used to think was like a negative term, but it's like, no, you just like making people laugh. Um, but so a lot of it was self-inflicted. So I, I, there was a sense of guilt around it where like, if I was hurt, you know, sure. Someone's like, oh, you hurt your, your foot or whatever. It's like, yeah, but because I was being an idiot, you know, it wasn't because like something I was, I wasn't unfortunate. Like I did a stupid fucking thing. And so now I still feel that whenever I get like injured or hurt my hand or hurt my foot or hurt my whatever, I, I have to like look through the situation and go like, was that because I was being reckless, you know, which spoiler alert, you can, st- pain is still pain, even if it's quote unquote your fault, you know? Um, but I still notice that, that like, because of my ADHD as a kid and how often I would get you know, not like huge, crazy bone breaking injuries, but, you know, I would land on my shoulder weird or I would scrape the shit out of my whatever, you know, um, just because of the frequency of that. Um, I, I I definitely feel the urge to hide pain more because it's like it was probably my fault, even if it wasn't. That's just my initial instinct. It was probably my fault. That's a really interesting insight. Transition. <laughs> I panicked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, Kate, now seems like as good a time of any to talk about our new sponsor. You mean Geek Therapeutics? That's the very same one. You mean the fine folks who offer evidence-based certifications to clinicians, social workers, professionals, parents, teachers, and students on how to use geek therapy to unlock the best version of your clients and yourselves by bridging the gap between geeks and therapists to create practical and innovative therapy sessions that anyone can implement in their practice? You had that just right all memorized, the ready cuff, to go. Baby. That's a pro right there. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> who I'm talking about. But in all seriousness, uh, Eric and I are super, super excited to announce our official partnership with Geek Therapeutics. They are an organization that we are fascinated by and excited by, and we 100% believe in the work that they do. Um, And it really is not just for fancy therapist folks. It is for teachers, for parents, for educators, for TTRPG players, for DMs who just want to learn more about geek stuff and how to incorporate it into the lives of their family and their friends and their kids. And and just uh, it's really useful. It's really useful stuff. They they especially in things like Supernatural, Pokemon, Zelda, Final Fantasy, meme culture, Dungeons and Dragons. If it's nerdy, they do it. And several more that we can't tell you about, but we know about because <laughs> we're working with them and we're really excited. They're going to be super cool. Wow. And if you want to learn to be a therapeutic game master, if that's your thing, they can do that for you, too. That's a great way to learn how to build a better adventure, keep people safe, encourage personal growth at your table. All sorts of good stuff. And if you are one of those fancy affirmationed therapists, um, they have certifications that are accredited by the APA, the NBCC, the AC, the APT. They offer cultural competency courses to encourage diversity and inclusivity. They offer courses on problematic gaming. They offer just whole geek therapeutic certifications. <laughs> it's worth scrolling through. There's some pretty amazing classes on there. And if you're looking for therapy yourself, they also offer therapy that you can find on their website. You can even find a geek therapy certified therapist near you. Find yourself a therapist who understands your love. Sam and Dean. 
<laughs> oh, because you the Supernatural. The Supernatural is a Supernatural throwback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Supernatural yeah, yeah. throwback. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can go to geektherapeutics.com uh, for more information. Please take a look at their website. They're an incredible organization. We're so excited to be working with them. And for books and for courses and for videos and all that good stuff that is not therapy, um, you can get 10% off your order with code InfiniteQuest. I'm so excited to do all the stuff we're about to be doing. We're, you're going to be hearing a lot about us in Geek Therapeutics in the coming while, and I'm so stoked about it. It's going to be amazing. But hey, we should keep talking about that thing that we were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, this episode, it's really, it's going. It's the best one I've chugging ever along. heard. Choo-choo <laughs> on the chugging train. Let's go get back to it. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Wow, that was a really good advertisement. Dude, that was what a totally... good sponsorship we have with Geek Therapeutics. Oh my gosh, Geek Therapeutics! Oh, <sighs> I love it so much. So cool. I, that ad it, it sounded crisper and bouncier than last week. Did it? Maybe that's all in my head. It didn't. I didn't do anything to that. It's, <laughs> it's the same ad. I, I don't know. Crisp. <laughs> Hard transition. Um, so we're about to start talking about. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. So that's okay. like boom. Right no, that was me. really good. Hard um, transition. Uh, but when we, there was a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, but just a, another reminder, um, when we're talking about pain, sometimes uh, you make yourself in pain on purpose and we call that self-harm. So we're probably going to talk about that a little bit. And if that's not something you want to hear about, uh, don't Thanks listen to the- Thanks for listening. Yeah. Stop here. Stop here. Goodbye. Um, anyways. We love you. Remember to eat a snack. Remember to drink some water. Remember to take your best. Remember to be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. See you next week. <laughs> I don't want it, so I feel bad. No, it's just because nice. I want everybody that, yeah. to feel like they're, they're, you know, we appreciate you being here. Yeah. Okay, um, we're going to pause for a second. Okay, now we're going to start. Yeah. So, okay, so pain. So pain. Well, yeah, so, I mean. Sometimes pain happens to us. Correct, yeah. And sometimes pain happens, well, it still happens to you, but it's, pain can be a choice. Yeah. And I think it can be an unhealthy choice, but it also says the kink educator it can be a healthy choice and so there's and the like line, that line is very interesting that line for a different is, episode <laughs> but, wow, we don't a really have, interesting line. i don't have 12 minutes to unpack that <laughs> um but yeah i mean i there's no way f- i mean uh, outside of just adhd there's no way for you and me you katie and me eric to talk about pain without addressing the fact that a lot of the times that i've been in excruciating pain have been deliberate. I did it on purpose. I wanted to be in excruciating pain, so I did. Um, the, it has been studied, and the, which I also think is really interesting, but the rates of self-harm in people with ADHD, especially adolescent girls with ADHD, um, are much, much higher than the general population. It is, it is a striking percentage. Um, and it is and sort of like looking at those studies and looking at some of like the research that's been done. It's a dopamine thing. It is a serotonin thing. It is a wanting an immediate situation to deal with rather than sort of like languishing in that like ADHD paralysis. Um, oh, Bailey. OK, Bailey. I'll cut it at paralysis and go from there. And so I think it's it's a really uncomfortable topic, um, but I think it's one that is really important to be aware of if you have ADHD or you, you know, you love and care for somebody with ADHD, because like it's a it's a real issue that affects a lot of people with ADHD. And it's one that we don't talk about a lot because it can be really sort of like 
I don't want to say embarrassing, but it can be difficult to talk about and frame in a way that doesn't seem like it's being encouraged. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, yeah. I Which, mean, for the record, we are not. We are not. I'm not. Yes, please do not. Yes, please do not self-harm outside of a very controlled kink environment, which again is just a different episode entirely. Different episode I'm sorry entirely. if that sounds confusing, but if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, uh, this phrase gets tossed around a lot, um, but I, there, it, you know, for good reason, I'm going to use it here, but I think it'd be, it's important to try to break this thing about around self-harm because a lot more people than you think do it. <laughs> a lot more people than you think do it. Um, and, a lot of times it's uh, what's the word it's um, sustained. It's perpetuated by the fact that it's secret. I think a lot of times um, unhealthy secrets sort of fortify themselves because they're secrets. Um, and I remember when I, my relationship to self-harm sort of started um, my self-harming was very, I would say maybe 10 to 15% of the time. And that was later in life. Um, like in my twenties, uh, maybe 10 to 15% of the time was actually out of like depression and anger towards myself and wanting to hurt myself because I was angry at myself or thought I deserved it or something like that. Most of the time it was out of boredom. It was, it was just out of boredom. There wasn't anything going on. And you know, what would be interesting if I was bleeding badly from the leg, <laughs> you know, like that's, you know, one, it, 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 it helped. How do I say it? I don't It didn't help. That's not the word. Um, but in a way, it was refreshing to have something so immediate that had such an immediate solution. Because if you're like finances are not in order, which mine never are, like the way to solve that problem is a lot of incremental little things, virtually none of which have any dopamine in them. Um, but if you're like injured and now you're you've wrapped the thing and you've treated the whatever, like that's a very immediate solution to a very immediate problem that has definitive benefits like I'm bleeding and I would like to not be bleeding anymore or I'm burned and I don't want it to get infected like it's a very immediate thing like suddenly task prioritization is not something that you struggle with anymore because duh you that's the thing you have to do right now um so you, a lot of my self-harm was based on that and the reason I didn't want to bring it up is because I didn't want to explain that to people I didn't, you know, if I was 15 and I get taken to the counselor's office because they find a whatever on my body um, it was they, very understandably, I'm glad they handled it very well. Um, but they assumed it was because I was going through depression or going through whatever, which I was, but that's not where the self-harm came from. Yeah. And it was really hard to explain to like therapists and stuff like, no, I don't do it because I am angry at myself or think I deserve it. Although later that would happen. It's just cause I was fucking bored. Like I was bored and I wanted something to do and something interesting, something stimulating, something you know, that would really peak the amount of stuff going on in my brain at any given time. Um, and it took a long time to sort of get people who understood that. And I didn't realize that that was probably due to my ADHD it was just, I was dopamine starved and I needed something to be going. I needed a release of chemicals in my brain. Well, that's, um, that's literally what I was about to say is like one of the, the challenges with self-harm is that it, can become addictive and especially to oh, yeah. the ADHD brain because I got two years clean, by the way. Just Congratulations. Thanks. I'm really proud of you. I, I, I didn't mean I wasn't going to like, but I was just thinking, I was like, holy shit, it's been over two years now. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so happy for you. Cheers. How long have you known me? 
two and <laughs> a half years. I'm a good influence. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, like self harm can become an addictive thing because of the chemicals that are released when your body is in pain, right? So you get like the dopamine, you get the the oxytocin out, you get the um, you get the adrenaline, like all of that kind of stuff. But also, Eric, what is something else that we know about ADHD brains? They tend to be very uh, skewed towards addictive behaviors. Yes, very much so. 50% of people with ADHD will experience some sort of addiction and problems in their life. Yes. And so, again, it's such a bigger problem than Uh just like the self-harm itself. It becomes the addictive behavior. It becomes the dopamine seeking. It becomes like the solution to that boredom. And then it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. It's a rough one, too, because you don't need a thing to do it. You really don't. Yeah. And I mean, just speaking, I think, very candidly, maybe for the first time about this. I don't want to speak for you, but I definitely have experience with self-harm and Yes, yes, I very much certainly do. Yeah. So and so we both that was like one of the things that I remember talking about really early on when I met you was that kind of like experience of like, yeah, it was a thing that, you know, used to happen. Yeah. Well, it's it, it is one of those things, you know, when you're a, a an, I don't want to say like an addict because, that you know, but when you when you indulge in compulsive behavior frequently and start to lose control of it, um, holy shit, talking to somebody who gets it who knows is just the best fucking thing in the world. Oh my God. Like when I started meeting people who, uh, had a history of self harm, but just for the novelty of it, just because they thought the scars looked cool or because they were curious what it would feel like or whatever, and not have it be a depression thing, um, was so refreshing to me. (laughs) Cause it was like, Oh, I'm one, I'm not alone. Um, but also this isn't, well, no, well, I'm not alone, like, because in, in movies and TV and all the stuff, whenever somebody's self-harming, it's because <coughs> it's because of depression or something horrible happened. And that's very real and a thing, too. Um, but I always felt like my self-harm was like fake self-harm. Like it was, you know, it wasn't like the cool kid self-harm because of something that happened or whatever. It was just boredom self-harm and like meeting other people that did that, I think, was like sort of the path to me realizing that I didn't have to do that. You know, because I figure I, you know, I had more data points. I talked to them about why they did it. And they're like, you know, they would say very similar things to me. We're like, oh, you know, it's just something to do. And it's, you know, interesting and whatever. And it's like, well, there are other things to do that are also interesting, you know. I mean, it's, you know, like we talked earlier about like breaking the stigma. And I think like it's a really uncomfortable conversation to talk about, like or topic to talk about, you know, like I don't really like discussing my history with it because one, I don't want to be seen as encouraging it. I don't want to be seen as like advocating for it, but I keep like talking about the studies, but it's something that I've, I've really looked into and like looking at the studies, looking at the research been done. It is a really common experience for people with ADHD. And then you sort of get into that, like the overlap of ADHD and autism where a lot of people also struggle with things like um, interoception and proprioception. And so sometimes um, whether the pain, like whether it be self-harm or whether it just be like, oh, I don't know where my hands are in space because I struggle with spatial awareness, it can be really easy to 
like injure yourself and it can be really easy to experience like pain in that way as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's like a, it's, it's a messier topic that I think you like, you know, you sort of pull the thread of like, oh, I sprained my ankle. And then you start thinking about like this and that and the other thing. And yeah. it, like, it gets really big really quickly. It does. I mean, something we also haven't brought up yet is impulse control. Oh, yeah. Where <laughs> the, the, the path between thinking about doing something and doing something is a much shorter path if you have ADHD. Yep. A significantly shorter path. Um, and um, what's the what's the task or no? Uh, uh, mo- uh, uh, utilization. Oh, task utilization. Yeah, exactly. Utilization like, behavior. What am like, I holding? A thing that cuts stuff. Like, yeah. what can I cut that's around me? You know? Yeah. Um, and also, uh, well, this might be a bit, but also um, cortical inhibition, where just when your brain thinks, body, do this, normally, like a, a neurotypical person's nervous system will go, are you sure about it? I don't know. Your, your nervous system will try to stop, is always trying to stop you from doing everything that you do. And if you really want to do it enough, your brain will override that and you'll end up making a sandwich or moving your arm in the way that you were going to move it or whatever. A person with ADHD's uh, nervous system doesn't do that as well. So when we think I'm going to move my arm, there's a lot of less checks and balances before we actually do. And we knock shit over all the time. <laughs> um, I want you to know that in this moment, every fiber of my being wanted me to just reach over and smack you in the face. I thought, I thought that too. I was like, that if there was something so to funny. my left, I would absolutely just knock it over for the bit right but now. But then I didn't because I love you. <laughs> Cortical inhibition achieved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it oh, I had a, I had a, I had a fucking, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to talk about it more, but I don't, I, I, I genuinely get nervous that I'm making it more likely that anybody listening to this or watching a video that I make about it, um, I'm making it more likely that yeah. they'll, they'll engage in self-harm behavior. Don't. Because, don't. Yeah, just don't do that. You know, there are other things to do. There's other frankly. things. And, and frankly, like a lot of the strategies that are used in terms of like um, uh, breaking the self-harm cycle are things that are actually really useful as well for like neurodivergent brains. Like, I know a lot of people have heard this one, but like the ice cube thing where you like hold an ice cube really tight. Yeah. Um, but the that's, that's like too. really, that's like really useful for a lot of like neurodivergent people. It's very like grounding. It's very like sensory oriented, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a, there's a the rubber band snap thing mm-hmm. too. Rubber that one snap. I don't hear advocated for as much by like professionals, the ice cube. Oh, the thing about the ice, I feel like we should, but uh, something you might hear a therapist or, or mental health professional recommend to somebody experiencing self-harm is to just put an ice cube in their hand and just hold it there. Yeah. Um, because one, it doesn't like it hurt immediately. If you hold it for a while, it kind of starts to hurt, um, but it doesn't do tissue damage. Um, and it can sort of replace that part of your, you know, the thing that you, it, it can, re- it can replace it in the moment. It can help you get past an urge. Um, but something that I think is probably not the thing to bring up at the very end of the podcast, That's okay. but I know some of y'all are thinking it because I'm thinking it and I have thought it for a long time um, is, well, what's the difference between like, self-harming and tattooing and it's my fucking body and I'm only hurting myself and I consent. So why can't I? Well, fact of the matter is you can, it's not illegal to, you can. Um, but <clears throat> the way that, and so for, for years and from when I first started self-harming at like 12 um, to, uh, I don't know, mid early twenties probably. Um, the sentiment for me was was that it's like it's my fucking body. I consent to it. I'm not hurting anybody else. 
you know, even if it's unsafe, like I know it's unsafe and I'm concerned. So fuck you. Who are you to tell me not to? Um, which, okay. Um, but the way, the thing that I eventually landed on was, is it an expression of respect and love for your body or is it, or is it an expression of disregard or contempt for your body? So thanks. Um, so for me, you know, even when I was self-harming just out of boredom, it certainly wasn't showing respect to my body. It wasn't out of degradation. I wasn't actively trying to tell my body to go fuck itself. Um, but it was certainly wasn't a respectful thing to do to my body. I wasn't respecting it, you know, um, whereas something like a tattoo, you're decorating your body. You're expressing that you love your body or have, have you know, you're decorated. Decorating something is inherently a sign of respect for it. Or if you're in like a king scene and there's some pain involved in that, like you're having respect for your partner's body and your own body and you're engaging in a, a loving, consensual, consensual, of course, consensual celebratory thing. Yeah. Um, so because ultimately the harm in self-harm, one can be purely physical. It can be dangerous if you're using tools that aren't sterile, you know, like it can be literally physically Very dangerous. dangerous yeah. um, so first and foremost, obviously that. Um, but let's say like, well, I'm using super sterilized stuff and I'm being very safe. In fact, let's just say you're a fucking trained surgeon. So like, you know, the body's inside, like you are very aware of how you could physically hurt yourself without actually doing per serious permanent damage. Right, go off Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a surgeon. Well, he probably could have been a surgeon if he wanted to. He's, he's one of those guys, he's like secretly a surgeon, you know, or whatever. Um, but um, so let's say all that is the case. So there's yeah. zero chance of uh, of unanticipated permanent physical damage or, or impermanent physical damage. Um, so let's just say that. When you consistently disrespect your body in a self-harmy type of way or at worst, you know, deliberately denigrate your body. Um, it just slowly chips away at how much you value your own safety <laughs> and how much you value yourself. Ultimately, it doesn't feel like it at the time. At the time, you're just like, I'm bored on a Saturday. And I mean, for me, one time I literally just needed paint for a model that I was doing, but it was like Christ. two in the morning and I was like, I just needed to be a different color. Sorry, but that is a true story. Um, you know, at the time, you're not like, I'm not angry at my body. I'm not just, but over time, you start to associate your body as being something that's expendable, as being something that, you know, you could take or leave it being something that's worthy of disrespect so that when other people do it, you go, well, I fucking do it too, you know, sure. And that's, I think, the real bad part of self, of, of long-term self-harm is that it slowly erodes you're the, you're the respect that you have for your body. An erosion that isn't present when you talk about things like tattoos or even like deliberate scarring, like, you know, brands or whatever it was a trendy yeah, thing or whatever. Yeah. Scarification, exactly. Like that's like a celebration. That's that's a sign of respect for your body, which is, again, not to say that I completely condone anybody listening this to self-harm as long as it's respectful to their body. Like, I don't want to say that. But um, anyways, so that's sort of how I got around the fact that like, it's my body. Fuck you. Who are you to tell me what to do with it? It's like, well, you're right. They can't tell you what to do with it. But, you know, also you don't want to just slowly degrade your own respect for your physical form because yeah, it's the only one you got, bud. Well, that was really soon. well said. Thanks. I hope so. I don't know. Um, well, thanks for listening to this episode that started about pain and about self-harm. We, we were starting to do this episode and Kate was like, yeah, I'd love to talk about like pain because I'm in pain and all the stuff. And I was like, yeah, 
And right before we started recording, a little dingy went off in my head and I was like, wait a minute, if we're talking about pain, <laughs> there is zero fucking chance that we're not going to bring up self-harm at some point. And so we're like, fuck it, let's just do the second half of the episode. I feel like I talked a lot through that, but that's okay. I have more experience with self-harm than I usually talk about. So no, oh, I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing. Of course and I'm sure our listeners are too. Thanks. I hope so. A uh, couple of announcements. Oh, one, four. one last thing. One oh. last thing. Um, just because this is really quick and a quick little thing to have in your back pocket. If you are um, experiencing self-harm or, or, or uh, if you are having problems with self-harm and you're starting to feel like you can't control it, it is really scary. And I'm really sorry. Um, but try to picture yourself as a child, as like a five-year-old um, and imagine hurting that five-year-old in the way that you're about to hurt yourself. Would you ever do that? Hopefully the answer is no, but that has stopped me a good many number of times. Also, one time Eric asked me what he thought, what I thought five-year-old Katie would think of my dog. And I still cry about that every time I think about it. I just want to throw that into the pile. It's really useful for a lot of things. It really uh, is. <laughs> it really is. If you're ever, you know, like, would you, would you, you know, if you're about to get in the car drunk or something, like if your five-year-old self was in the back seat, would you fucking put your yourself in that situation? Like, no, you wouldn't. You, that's still you. Like, you're doing the same thing. That is still you. You're just older now. Anyways. Um, yeah, there's, uh, and I also just want to say like there, you're really not alone. That was something that I really struggled with too. Cause I was the same way in my periods of self-harm. I felt very isolated. I felt very embarrassed. I felt very ashamed. Um, and so I speak for both of us when I just want to let you know that you're not alone. If that's something that you're struggling with and you're not a bad person, if you're struggling with it. Um, we will link some resources and stuff in the show notes um, that may or may not be helpful to you. Um, but we just want to encourage you, like we do always, to treat yourself kindly because you are worthy of love and you are worthy of care and you are worry worthy of respect. And uh, don't keep it secret. Talk to yeah, somebody about it. Talk to it. somebody. It doesn't have to be your parents, although sure. Yeah. But just talk to somebody about it. Secrets fortify. Yeah. Now I'm going to very awkwardly transition to the announcements. Yeah. <laughs> we always like, do the thing where like, we end like super heavy and then we're <laughs> yeah, like, right. and also, um, but and also just a few reminders. One, Eric and I are going to be appearing in two weeks at the Convergence at Evermore Park in Utah. If you want to come play some D&D, &D, if you want to come hang out at Evermore Park, if you want to see Eric build a trebuchet, mm. all of those things are happening. Um, similarly, um, in May... Uh, we, Eric and I have been offered the opportunity to partner with a fantastic ADHD organization, um, that is doing a retreat in Mexico, um, and several spots have opened up for that, um, they are, uh, we can offer them at a discounted price to you. Um, so if you are not doing anything at the end of May or you would like more information, email us, ask at infinitequestpodcast.com. There's sort of like a lot of info and I don't want to like spend the next like 10 minutes explaining the whole thing. Um, but there are a few seats available and we'd love to see them filled by folks uh, from Infinite Quest Nation. Um, so if you're interested, Trade again, uh, TM, 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 uh, feel free to reach out to us at Infinite Quest Podcast. No, just kidding. Ask at infinitequestpodcast.com. Um, also, do you like boats? Do you like really big boats? I do like boats here. Because do you know what's going to happen? What is going to happen? We're going to be on one. The Titanic? No. Nope. I don't want to be on the Titanic. No. -uh. Although I did just watch a video on the old talk of the people who restored the salvaged 
whistles oh from. God. So they like brought them up from the ocean. And then they restored them. And then they restored so them. they make them go off so you could hear it. Yeah. And they, oh, that's spooky. And yeah, they were like, wow. Like, they were like, they kept talking about how like, it was just a job to us. You know, we wanted it. We're restorers. But right before we like tested them all together for the first time, we were like, holy shit. Nobody has heard this. That's that's wild. And nobody alive has heard these. But these. Well, actually, no. There are there still Titanic survivors. They'd be a hundred. No, I think be hundred and eleven now. I don't yeah, think there are I any don't. Titanic survivors anymore. I believe but. Rose was the last one. <laughs> <laughs> the last of them died trying it's to get that fucking necklace back. Years. Well, that was funny. That was, that was pretty good. The last one I trying to get the necklace back. I was like, okay. So I was, <laughs> I'm just bringing a bunch of like octogenarians just like scuba gearing up. I'm like, all right. All right. We're getting Rose that. Rose fucking God threw it back in. <laughs> God damn it, Rose. God damn it, Rose. She's sitting on the Still deck. Still the best just SNL like, sketch of all time. Was the SNL sketch? It was, was where like she goes like at the end and then I think it's like Keenan Thompson comes out and he's like, we we have a dive team. We're just gonna go. You didn't have to do that. Like, it was really, we already went down there. Like this yeah, whole thing. Like, it was like this, we've already been down there. We're just gonna go get it. Like now you just made a bunch of extra work. Good job, Rose. Like it was really funny. You know, it'd be really mean if she just claimed to have misplaced it. Yeah, sorry, I lost it. Oh, I lost it in the last five minutes. I had uh, email us actually. No hashtag. I'm gonna make a new podcast hashtag. Oh yeah. If you're still listening, and if you are. Thanks. Hi. Uh, please tag Infinite Quest Podcast and use the hashtag I too owned the heart of the ocean. Uh, because if you were like me when you were in junior high and you watched Titanic and then you went to Claire's and you bought the the duplicate heart of the ocean and you thought you were the hottest fucking shit. Eric, I really like how you have your phone on during our podcast recording. Uh, 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 Hi, everybody. From me, Katie Oh, we're going to be at D3 at C. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be at D3 at C. We're going to be at D3 at C. Possibly I, with necklaces. Possibly with Heart of the Oceans. Um, I am going to be running uh, three games across three different nights. None of them are D&D. Um, we're going to be running, I think, For the Queen, Microscope, and I want to say Quiet Year. I haven't really decided yet. Um, but it's going to be great. No prior experience is necessary. The group of DMs and people who are coming out is just it is it is a veritable who's who in the TTRPG space. So if you'd like to come hang out with some very cool people on a boat, you can do that. It's a really big boat. I will also be there. I'm not doing anything in any official capacity because they were like, hey, do you want to be at the table? And I was like, yeah, but they were like, OK, but it's going to take up a spot from somebody who could also be at the table. And I was like. So no. Eric is going to hit the buffet. So I'm going to be just eating and probably crafting out of various things that I can find all over the <laughs> ship and trying to convince them to let me see like the galley and stuff. I bet they will. I'm pretty good at getting places to convince, like let me three see the kitchen. on getting to see kitchens that I you're am. not supposed to see. I, I literally can't even say which kitchens I've seen because the people who showed me were like, please, seriously, don't tell anybody we showed you this because yeah, we're in trouble. Eric so. has secret kitchen access. So. God damn it, phone. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's we're at like thirty five minutes. Okay, now. that's, that's why my phone is all right. me. Well, hey everybody, thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week, um, maybe with some more Sonoya Springs. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm nervous and excited. We need a table in our new booth. That's we what do. we really we need. Will. Oh, that's real. We, you know what we could do is have like a little, yeah, little down one, boy. like an ironing board. Oh, I'm gonna spend the rest of the fucking day doing that. Let's, God damn okay. it. Okay, can you make me a snack first? Yes. Thanks. Okay. Uh, but all right, everybody. <laughs> 
from all of us <laughs> Why does the podcast get really good in the last like five minutes? Because we very hit discursive. our bullshit stride. We do, yeah. Because we're like trying to be like smart and educational. I want to do and bullshit then episodes. I want, I'm thinking about starting another podcast on the Infinite Quest Network that's okay. like us, uh-huh. but it's just there's no point to the podcast. It's not an ADHD podcast. And it's just it's just us dicking around because that's what most like people, most podcasts are that, and a lot of them are quite successful. Katie, yeah, quite successful. Uh, we're also thinking about splitting the podcast into. Oh yeah, this is. Yeah, I feel like this would be a listener feedback thing. Oh, um, we'll do a poll on Spotify. Oh yeah, I'll put a if little poll. If you listen on Spotify, we'll do a poll. Yeah, because if, if not, you're still listening, that means you like the show. Email so. us at ask at Podcast. <laughs> also, I hope uh, your walk is going well, and I hope your dishes are almost done. And I hope the drive is going well, and I hope you're... Uh, I wonder, also email us at askatinfoquest.com if you are sitting in your driveway right now waiting for the episode to finish, in which case, I'm sorry. Shut the fuck um, up. But, uh, oh, we're thinking of splitting the podcast into two podcasts because we do gaming episodes and we do not gaming episodes. Um, and so we find ourselves like at conventions and stuff when they're like, oh, do you have a gaming podcast? It's like, yes, but you have to scroll through all of them to find the ones that are yeah. the gaming episodes. Um, and so we're thinking about starting a completely separate podcast that will, that's still like infinite quest network. So it'll have like the watermark on it. So it's still us. Um, but that's just the gaming episodes. Um, so that you can listen to those without having to scroll through the other ones. I don't fucking know. But anyways, if you think that's a good idea and you'd like us to do it, um, answer accordingly in the poll. If you think it's a bad idea and you don't want us to do it, fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Jesus <laughs> right. um, anyways, from all, of us, <laughs> from all of us here in Infinite Quest podcast, eat a snack. Uh-huh. I don't remember the order, but I'm going to try to get all I, I mix up the order sometimes. Okay. Keep uh, it fresh. Remember to eat a snack, uh-huh. drink some water, uh-huh. take your meds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was just curious if you were going to say uh-huh after I said uh-huh. I was, I was just letting you know that you're correct so far. I figured. Uh, eat a snack, take your meds. Um, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Mm-hmm. I know I'm missing one. There's obviously, there's a, remember that we love you is the ending, but like. No, you had them all. I got, that's all of them? Oh, and remember that we love you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Geek Therapeutics for sponsoring this episode. Just a reminder, you can get 10% off your order on their website, geektherapeutics.com, by using promo code InfiniteQuest. Please do check them out. What they do is really amazing, and we're just so stoked to work with them. They have a new book on the psychology of Elden Ring coming out, and uh, you just might see a little foreword from yours truly in there. Maybe. Hmm, Who knows? If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash infinite quest and signing up to be a member. And if you do, you get your name in a song, eventually. You can also get a bunch of infinite quest merch that we forgot we made at redbubble.com slash people slash infinite quest. There's there's some stuff on there. Anyways, bye everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.